edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from Crystal Beach, Texas. Woo! We got Crystal Lake covered in New York, Crystal Beach covered in Texas. Let's bring in the third man of the, of the squadron here, the greatest high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin Sammy, Sammy O'Hare. Welcome to the show. Yo, what's up, everybody? Not only high school football coach, he's about to go on the mats and coach some kids and how to strangle people on the wrestling mats momentarily. Is that not true, Sam? Yes, it is. I got a match in about an hour and a half. So <laughs> we'll see? see how they do. This kid's ready. <laughs> this kid's always ready to go, guys. And we know the topic for Jet fans right now the main topic for most Jet fans in our chat with my dad, with our family, with me and Mike, with Sammy. Again, of course, is Zach Wilson. A little bit of an up and down game this past week. The Jets as a whole had an up and down game. Came out looking great. Probably the best first half of football I've seen that team play all year. Our first lead at the half we've had all seasons. That was nice to see. Zach did pretty good in that first half. Now, me and Mike have a little bit of a difference of opinion when the smoke clears from this game. And we're going to get into that in a moment. But let's just talk about the game itself first here. Started off pretty hot, offensively especially. Zach doing all the things we need him to do. Um, that first drive looked great. The first uh, defensive stop looked great. We were able to get the ball back there, got another field goal, got another touchdown. Um, we were operating with a lead, something Zach has not been able to do this entire season. Uh, but after that first drive, it seemed like, you know, we stalled out for most of the day. Another good, one more good drive where we had a touchdown, but most of the day was up and down. Another, another game where it's a tale of two halves here. When you look at the offensive stats in the first half and the offensive stats in the second half, big disparity there. And it does seem like the Dolphins obviously switched some things up on defense. We're all over Zach in that second half. Like, what do you think about this year when it comes to Zach? And we'll get into this game, Mike, and what we think about that in a moment. Just, it had we haven't had a game this year. We've had first halves that he's played bad and played better in the second. We've had first halves that he's played well and played bad in the second. Haven't had four quarters of football with Zach Wilson as the quarterback of this team this entire season. What is your take on this game? Great first half, not that great second half. The smoke clears. What are you feeling about Zach and his progression here moving forward, Mike? Bottom line, I'm still very concerned. If you take all the rookie quarterbacks I've seen as an adult, Sanchez, Darnold, and Zach, I'm probably the most concerned about Zach of the three of them at this point. Um, it's just holistically, we haven't seen it yet. Um, I have seen incremental um, um, improvements from Zach, but it's not enough for us to say, hey, we, we could definitively say this kid is the guy. I also don't think, I also believe that at this point, the Jets should be considering bringing in competition for Zach uh, next year uh, for the starting position based on what we've seen. But, you know, look, look, that being said, as the backdrop where I am currently with Zach Wilson as the quarterback of the New York Jets, uh, there were some good things I thought I saw this game. Um, there were some plays there that I really looked at and said, you know what, that was a veteran move when he was able to rush the offense on this t uh, and get the 12 men on the field against the uh, the. Um, Dolphins, that's a veteran move right there. I, I took that. I said, good job, kid. Nice job uh, recognizing that, you know. Um, uh, like you mentioned in the first half, uh, had some really good throws there. Uh, we were able to see some of his ability to be nifty and avoid the sack, making himself small, you know, uh, moving away from, the, from the, the pressure and being able to evade and make plays. 
it's just unfortunate that there there hasn't been enough of that for us to really feel really good about this kid overall. I'm really uh, my expectations to be frank are that uh, this game coming up against the Jaguars, and I know we're going to get into the Jaguars. I know that's not what the topic was here. It was about against Miami, but my expectations against the Jaguars is that uh, Zach Wilson proves out that he was the better quarterback over Zach, uh, Lawrence. Because if you take Lawrence and Fields, all the three of them, they're all three equally bad. Zach's getting the worst rap, but you look at all the all of their metrics holistically. They're all in the same boat, man. I mean, it is. And and so, you know, we can say whatever we want to say about Mac Jones, you know. But this game coming up here, I'm, I'm really going to see something here from the rookie for me personally. Again, may not be you, me personally, you know, uh, uh, from him on the field. I know off the field, you and I have a disagreement about some comments. But on the field, again, we saw some progress. We saw that back foot of his was sliding a little bit on those dump off throws this time he was making them layups and he was pointing that back foot into the ground the way he should have you know he was able to move the offense you know um uh in that first half second half he was under a lot of pressure and unfortunately i think the pass protection was that fumble i do not and i know i sent you some of the videos and i think you saw they had dan feeney and uh connor mcdermott in and they're both blocking the guard left the edge completely unblocked and Denzel Mims comes in for a, 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 a hitch and completely misses his assignment. That was supposed to be a boom, boom play. Mm. Uh, so, you know, Zach fumbled the ball. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. But that pass pro uh, in that second half was horrific. I, I, I can't wait to have uh, Noah Fant back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really, really yeah. terrible. But anyway, that, that that's kind of like how I saw it. I will say this. Tua Tongvailoa is a scrub. I, I can say that very assuredly to you now. That kid cannot throw deep, and he is not that great of a quarterback. I am not afraid of him or his future moving forward. That is that that I feel very confident about. All right, Sammy, before I want to respond to Mike here. Before I do that, though, where do you land here with kind of what we've seen before this game, coming off the Saints game, and now this Dolphin game last week? What are your feelings on Zach here progressing? Space. He has a like innate ability to feel things in the pocket and then move accordingly, which is really good. But I mean, it can't all be on him. Salah kind of summed it up where he's like, it's on all of us because I think it was either the 22 or 24 mark of passing wise attempts. He was pressured on all but two of them. So whether it was a hit, a knockdown, just a pressure, a sack, almost every single time he stepped back, he had guys in his face. Um, and that's just, I mean, Forget about your, you can't even go through your progression. So he's looking at his first guy. The first guy's covered because Miami has a good secondary. And now he's got to try to make something happen. And, and you know, I think we're just putting two, putting him in positions where we're expecting him and asking him to do too much. Um, so it just doesn't seem conducive to developing him if we're just going to keep doing it and put him out on the field when they don't seem to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's what, I mean, I hear what Mike said. And Mike sent me some videos and there was people breaking down Zach's throws and showing the positives. And I'm not going to dispute those things. How I look at those things is I'm not going to give you credit for doing the things you should do easily. And I know he wasn't doing them. So to us, we're like, oh, wow, he's making a two-yard dump-off pass correctly. That's improvement. Okay, so hear what I'm saying to you. It's improvement because he's played so bad that now we're looking at dump-offs right? We're looking at screen passes completed as improvement. That means your quarterback's in a bad place. After the first drive last week, the rest of the game, he completed eight passes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Two of them in the second half. I don't see improvement from Zach Wilson. I see the same, I see the same quarterback rating. I see the same completion percentage. I see, I, I see him, he made a few good throws last game and then the rest of the game, he did nothing. And I know that the offensive line got blown up in the second half. And I understand that this is not all on Zach Wilson's shoulders, but he's played pretty bad this year. And last week's game isn't something that makes me think, oh, well, now he's got something figured out. It just looked like more of the same to me because he didn't play four quarters of football. He basically played one good drive of football. Okay. They had another scoring drive. Don't get me wrong where they ran the ball. Well, he completed six passes the first drive. The rest of the day, he basically did nothing. And when you go through the drives, 
from this most season game. If you take out the two scoring drives, here's every other drive of the day. Field goal, punt, 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 fumble, punt, 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 turn the ball over on downs. That's the whole day. Okay, he finished with 170 yards. There's been three games this year this kid has finished with less than 170 yards. Two of them have been since he's come back from injury. Three of the four games since he's come back from injury, he doesn't have a touchdown. So I don't see improvement anywhere. I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, sound um, controversial. I've been riding with Zach all year. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Last week showed me personally nothing. I didn't see anything different from what I've seen all year. I saw the same guy who looked inexperienced, the same guy that looked overwhelmed, the same guy that the second a team started blitzing him, they showed his stats against the blitz. And I know in the first half, Sam, you said he was rushed a lot. They didn't really blitz him that often. Guys were getting through. They weren't blitzing him. The second half, they blitzed him, and all of a sudden, the offense stopped. The offense stopped working. We got nothing done in the second half. So I'm concerned because since Zach's come back, if you think about it, you know, they played Houston. He didn't really play well that game. Me and Mike were at that game. We both were like, this is not great. They played Philly, and he played decent in the first half. A couple touchdowns. The only touchdowns he's had since he's come back from injury. The first half of the Philly game. Okay, we played the Saints. That game was as bad as it gets. And then we played this game yesterday where you did see some escapability. I'll give it. He was under pressure all day. He got sacked six times. Yeah, a few of those times he showed you escapability. And then he got sacked a whole bunch of other times or rushed throws or put himself in a bad position. So um, I'm at a point where I don't see him improving. I don't see every time we watch these Jet games, I don't see a quarterback that knows what he's doing. And this is how I felt when Mark Sanchez was our quarterback. Okay, now we had Mark Sanchez and we were able to run the ball and play great defense. So he was camouflaged in there. Zach's not camouflaged. All his warts, all his uh, deficiencies as a player, we see them every week because we don't have a great running game. We don't have a great defense. We're not edging games out. We're like, ah, yeah, he threw three interceptions, but it doesn't matter. I don't see someone who's a leader on the field and that what Mike was alluding to off the field. Now, this is something that didn't bother Mike too much, but Rich Samini, a lot of writers. Before we go there, before we go there, can I respond to it? Yeah, sure, go ahead. So I agree and disagree with what you said. I agree that um, the improvement that I believe we have seen isn't good enough. Uh, but I disagree with you on your point that you say I haven't seen any uh, um, improvement. Going into the game, Zach Wilson had the league worst uh, passer rating against the Blitz. 48.3. Ter- like the worst. Uh, in my, on Miami, this last game, his passer rating was 78.2 against the Blitz. To me, that is improvement in that one area. Small, and again, to your point, this is why I said I agree with you, you were literally the worst, and now you're decent. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, is that really enough, right? But I think it's definitely a point of, uh, of, 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 of improvement for him. Now, if you go over... Um, his last eight, uh, Zach Wilson has not thrown an interception in 81 straight passes, which is the longest so far of his young career, which I think is definitely an improvement. His interceptions in his first five games, he had seven of them. In the last five, he's had two. I think also that is an improvement. Again, he's just throwing t- interceptions all over the place, Ryan Leaf style, to your point. Like you're the worst, and now you're yeah. This what, is whatever this you're is like, you, whatever your you know improvement. So, your so improvement that you're saying is you grading him on a curve against exactly. how horrible he's been. Exactly. No, no, no. That's that's what I'm trying to say. And I'm not. I'm not. I, but am I, you have to take the whole season in totality. He's come back the past four games. But, but, but hold two, on. There's, you said he has no interceptions. He hasn't thrown any touchdowns. He has two touchdowns. I, right. I know. I was get, I, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So, so. uh among first round quarterbacks now if we were just judging him to the peers that he was drafted in over the last six of their played games over the last six games that all the first round rookies have played zach wilson is first in yards at 12 32 he's number one of all rookies he is number two in touchdowns with seven overall he has he's first with the fewest interceptions with four he's second in wins and he's won rookie of the week twice, and none of the other quarterbacks have done it. He's considered, um, he's he has also, of all the rookies, since week 12, 
the best touchdown to interception ratio of any of the rookies. That is Mikey a, that's has two a, touchdowns. That's not a, that's, he has no, but two what, what, what touchdowns. We're about, what we're talking about. What are you, is, what are you talking about? What we're, ta- what we're talking about is has there been improvement? Yes, absolutely. But but to your point, before he was the worst, and it was really really bad. Now it's gotten better. And let's just also put some context into this. In the last four games that he's had, he was t- Michael Carter was taken away from him. Game two, Michael Carter, his number one running back, his number two running back, and his number one wide receiver, Davis, was taken away from him. In game three, Carter, Davis, and Moore were taken away from him. And then in this game, he had no Davis, no Moore, and he was missing his starting left tackle. And despite that, we were, you know, with, with the tools he's he's had, uh, unfortunately, because of the, you know, uh, uh, the team, he's still been able to show some incremental improvements. Now, again, we know that that's not good enough, but a lot of people, here's the funniest part about all of it. A lot of people say, oh, well, you know, we know Mike White re- did a better job at running the offense. Mike White threw eight interceptions in three games. Eight. Eight in three games. No one talks about that. Eight interceptions in three games, but I Mike think, White. I think no one talks about it because Mike White had as many touchdowns. But, Mike because, White had four hundred fifty yards passing. He's some, you know, you know, and he got in the Hall don't, of Fame. That was like that yourself. one performance obviously set him above. And again, he's to me, he ran the offense better than Zach Wilson has, no question. You know, but we all, you know, let's look at. Wow, Zach has eighty-one throws, no ints. Good job. He's making better decisions. Yeah. You know, we got to see, we really need, but I go back to my point when I started. I have the lowest confidence of any rookie quarterback I have seen as a Jet fan. And he, to me, is not the answer right now. And I do believe we need to bring in competition. But I do believe I personally have seen some incremental improvements from the young kid. That's my point. Okay. Now, he started 10 games this year. Seven of them, he doesn't have a touchdown. So if you're going to bring up stats about him in comparison to other rookie quarterbacks and touchdown percentage, when he's thrown two touchdowns in the last five games, you're not saying anything that's going to make a Jet fan happy. You're just saying the other rookies stink too. That doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care about the Jets. I don't care about Trevor Lawrence. I don't care about Justin Fields. I care about Zach Wilson being good on the Jets. This most recent game, he didn't throw a pass further than 10 yards that was completed. 4.2 yards. Most of the pass, that's the average right there. And Mike's going on about no interceptions. He's not throwing interceptions because he's throwing balls at people's ankles. And they don't throw balls more than two feet. Now, the offense has regressed. We averaged averaged less yards in the last four games than we did the first four games. You can't argue that. That's just stats. And you can bring up Mike White all day. Mike White versus the Bills was horrific. Just Just like our boy Wilson versus the Pats was horrific. Four interceptions from each of them in those two games. Remove those two horrible games from each of their two stats, right? And you still have a much better quarterback with Mike White. You can't argue that either. That's just how it works. And when my point, and I think all Jet fans know this, we can go on all day and you could find scraps. And I'm not going to dispute Mike saying that there's minute, microscopic, incremental improvements. Fine. But it's hard to say everybody else who's been the quarterback of the Jets hasn't done better because they have. He doesn't. Our Agreed. team, our Agreed. team averages Mike. We average it's true. 240 That's yards true. of offense. I'm not disagreeing with that at when all. When he's the quarterback, our offense stinks. When he yes. plays quarterback, our offense stinks. When Joe Flacco was quarterback, average. When yep. Mike Mike White is Mike White's never going to probably play in the NFL again. But he had a game versus the Bengals, which he broke NFL records and now is jersey in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Josh Johnson, are you kidding me? The Arena League MVP of the century looks like uh, you know an amazing quarterback with all these weapons we have. And more to my point, Mike, is what I'm saying with Zach and why what what frustrates me the most is that all of these other players that we have, Mims did nothing this week. We'll get into Mims in a sec. But it seems like all the other players, like Carter was there this week for Wilson. He had no excuse for Carter this week. And Tevin Coleman was there too. All these other players disappear when he plays quarterback. They're gone. They don't matter. Their stats are out the window. They're completely irrelevant. And then when he doesn't play, everyone's great, or they're much better or improved. And that's the scariest part. Now, we won't go on about forever about this, guys. Me and Mike could agree to disagree when it comes to Zach Wilson. Um, I want to get into Denzel Mims, though, and then a little bit more into this game, too, because another game 
Now, we, we talked about Denzel Mims last week, Mike. You put out a heartfelt plea. You said, can you please step up, dude? You were on our show. You said you're a number one, et cetera, et cetera. We know how last week's game went. Disaster zone. This week, more of the same. Couple targets, no catches for Denzel. Um, we weren't gonna waste too much time moving forward on Denzel Mims, Mike, I guess. And I asked Sammy too, I guess it just is what it is here with Mims. He's just going to be a non-factor and we need to just accept that as his role on this team. You agree with that, Sammy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, <clears throat> he might want to be one of those guys that gets into a new system somewhere else and like does okay. But I don't think he has the acumen to like ever be that number one guy. Uh, because again, it takes more than just that physical attributes. And again, he's found himself in a position where if you watch any of his film, it's going to be like straight up confusion every time he's in the football game because he doesn't know where he's supposed to be or what he's supposed to do. So it's bad enough time that Wilson's playing the way he is, yeah, that our yeah. line is the playing the way they are, right? Um, just to compound on all of that, you got your number one receiver out and the guy who's supposed to step up, who you drafted last year um, or two years ago, right? Just isn't there. Yeah, that's tough. That puts Justin in a tough spot. It puts the just we're giving. I was a little harsh on Zach, but there is plenty of reasons around him why he's not succeeding. Also, Denzel Mims being, you know, not even remotely reliable, which he could have been the last two weeks and helped our boy out big time. That's definitely one of them. Another guy, Mike, that played this week, that played well this week, I should say, again, CJ Mosley. Now, you know, the Dolphins ran the ball a ton. CJ Mosley, 14 more tackles for our boy, Mike, this week. Quincy Williams, 11 tackles out there. Elijah Riley was having a good game before he got hurt, just so Jets fans know. Only, it, it looked kind of scary if you were watching the game when Riley went down, just had a concussion. He might even be back next week, which is crazy to think about that when you saw him go off the field. That was a little scary. But I think one thing that's frustrating, guys, the, now we're getting on Zach, and to me it's at least rightful, and Mike had a lot of good points with Zach too. But I think that the biggest glaring surprise of the year insofar as how we're playing isn't Zach Wilson to me. It's the way the defense has played this year. Four of the five highest snap counts on the D-line. Now, we're talking Rankin, Shepard, Blair, and Phillips, all backups. None of those guys would have been starting the beginning of this year, right? Quentin Williams only played 22 snaps this week, guys. He's a little banged up. And we know um, JFF didn't have a great game. So, we don't really have our troops out there. And it showed again this week, Mike, another team just able to run the ball all over us. Why this game is more demoralizing with the run game, Mike? And we talked about this last week. The Dolphins were 31st in the league at rushing. I mean, this is Listen. one of the worst rushing attacks. And they, Mike, your boy Duke Johnson? He's Jim Brown. All of a sudden, he's Gale Sayers against the Jets. I mean, that was, what do you got to say about Keith, the defense, I, Mike? I got to, I, I got to, okay. And I usually try not to take, like, hot takes and say stupid things. But I, I have a take that I, I have to go back. You know, on, on our chat, um, you know, there was a Fire Albrick. And I was like, you're a lunatic for saying that. Why would you say something like that? You know, after this game, like, I actually had feelings of that. Like, because do you know what the most prolific offense in the history of the NFL was? It was that Rams team. And you know what they averaged? They were averaging, like, 32 points per game. Do you know that this defense is giving up one more possession than that greatest offense scored? Do you know that? That means we're literally giving up more points on defense or yards on defense than the greatest offense that ever played in the history of the NFL every week. Think about that. And I know that we're we, we're down a bunch of uh, soldiers. I get that. I know we, we, we are missing our pass rusher. I know our safeties are hurt. I get all that. But for you to look this bad, especially Duke Johnson, you know me, that was one of my dudes. And I would always be like, oh, my boy, Duke, you know? But... We all know he's a scrub. And for him to look like Gale Sayers out there, I I honestly said, you know what? I don't care if I have practice squad cats. Like, <coughs> Duke Johnson is a practice squad cat. Like, you should be able to scheme and play a good enough defense. They couldn't stop them at all. And that also hurts, as we know, the offense from its timing. You know, if they're just constantly only getting a few plays and then they're on the field, you know, the defense is on the field for like eight minutes, giving up all these drives. I mean, it really started from that Atlanta game. Now, I know Quinn and Williams was hurt I, again, but I, I, I honestly think that in the offseason, Salah needs to take a good long look at this because I don't even know if drafting and putting money into this defense is going to solve uh, what we're seeing right now. It, it's scary. And I'm very concerned. I'm concerned about Zach, but I'm really concerned about this defense and 
Um, Ulbrich, you know, I, I don't know right now. That that was scary, to your point. And I don't yeah. want to call it for his job, but, like, I'm definitely – I'm worried. Yeah, it's I'm worried. tough. It's tough when you've seen them be this bad for this long. Not not everyone – every team has a bad game. They get worked over, right? This has been consistent. The, the Dolphins can't run the ball this year. They ran it for almost 200 yards against us. Sammy, you saw some things when it comes to the X's and O's this week on the defense you wanted to mention maybe as to why we were getting torn up so bad. What do you guys say about that? Yeah, so, I mean, fundamentally, when you teach defense, you've got contain and force players, right? So contain players keep things from bouncing outside, force players force them back inside, right? So for two weeks now, I've basically watched the Jets just say C.J. Mosley stand in the middle of the field and go run sideline to sideline and make all the tackles because we're not going to have contain players and we're not going to have force players. Right. So they were catching edges on us. We've got guys out of position. We got dudes getting double teams. They were in that one play where Gasking broke it for like 35 yards and they stopped and like showed the run again. And we literally took ourselves out of the play, motioned Quincy outside, and they just had a natural down block to CJ Mosley and the guy ran it for 40 yards. We literally positioned ourselves out of the run stopping play and they and they chewed us up for it, right? So Ulbrich fundamentally has to go back to the drawing board and look at what he's doing conceptually because it's just not working if a guy like Duke Johnson in that Miami offense can get all those yards. That makes no sense to me. So it, it is a coaching thing, I think, more so. And the practice squad, guys, listen, you're still an NFL athlete. You're basically like a big machine. One guy goes out, you plug another guy in. He's supposed to play and perform. So if that's not happening, then that's a coaching thing, not so much even a personnel thing. Yeah, and 54 yards for Gaskin on 10 carries, too. So didn't really even matter who they had in there, to Sammy's point. Um, that's a coaching issue in a lot of ways. I mean, C.J. Mosley, we know he's a machine. Can't do it all by himself there. Teams can scheme to to, to take C.J. Mosley out of a play and get those big chunk plays, which is what they did against us. When it comes to our defense, one guy that stood out, made the biggest play of his career, Brandon Eccles. Mike, I know you want to talk about him. A big old pick six for our boy, taking the ball back. Is there Now, we've been talking about Bryce Hall. Okay, we talked about Eccles before the season started, Mike. We liked him. We liked what we heard about him. A lot of experts dug him big time. This year has been a little up and down for the kid. His biggest game as a Jet this week. Does he look like someone moving forward here that we might have uh, that we might have found a starter here that we can plug in for the future, Mike? Uh, a good role player for the Jets coming 2022 and beyond. You know what? With Eccles, man, he's played good all year. Um, but this last game, especially this game here, I mean, he was the number one rated quarterback, cornerback in the NFL, according to PFF. The number one. Wow. <laughs> Yo, my boy. And I wow. love overachieving. Yo, I love that. I really, really do. It makes me feel good inside. You know what I'm saying? And, like, part of me is kind of like, you know what? Like, maybe we don't need to draft Stingley. Maybe we just get a Marcus Robinson. Why? What? Maybe we pay in, in, in free agency for a veteran cornerback, right? A good one, a real good one that could bring that veteran leadership and then use that top level pick on another defensive player, like a, an, an edge or, uh, you know, um, if we need help at linebacker, whatever, I'm not, I'm not sure yet. We haven't gone over the team yeah, and, sure. and the construct and everything like that, but I'm really loving what I'm seeing from Brandon Eccles and he's up for Pepsi rookie of the week at AEBG listeners. Please go out there and vote for him. Yeah, vote for your uh, boy. For Pepsi, Pepsi rookie of the week right now. He got nominated phenomenal game he had that pick six against Tua I got up I was just chilling with like my family at the beach I was like oh what and everyone was like Mike I was like oh my boy took it to the house but uh you know huge game for Eccles huge oh huge game for Eccles and he did great and by the way you know that uh Bryce Hall is six in the NFL with passes defended 13 passes defended sixth in the NFL both those young cornerbacks man Really, really solid, man. And that also, unfortunately, Keith, speaks poorly to Ulbrich because you had some unexpected good secondary play. Yeah, true. Right? That's true. And I, it's funny. Still... It's funny how you say that because that's the year, way the year has worked out. It's not like the Jets are ranked very high against the pass. I think we're 26th or 27th, but they're probably better. They're almost last against the rush. Somehow we're, we're better against top of teams passing the ball. Because they know they can run it on us. And the secondary probably has played better than any of us anticipated uh, with all these young guys that we had out there. I figured we'd get torched all year. Uh, Bryce Hall was a giant question mark, especially to me. Mike was a bigger fan before the year started. Turns out that Bryce Hall is the real deal. 
Eccles may also be the real deal. Eccles gave credit to M, um, MC2, Michael Carter II, for a defensive call before that play, just to give him a shout-out. Apparently, he knew the coverage. He told Eccles. Eccles listened, and that's why he got the interception. So, Eccles gave him a shout-out on that pick six as well. Apparently, we got another smart guy out there with Michael Carter too. Braden Mann, 45.7 net for his punts. We've been waiting for you to blast some punts. He finally had a good game out there also. A couple interesting notes for DMPs. Shaq Lawson, another healthy scratch for him, and Ty Johnson, a healthy scratch, Mike, after that performance last week, dropping those balls. I'm happy. Look, I'm a Ty Johnson fan. But if you're going to drop balls like that, like we were saying versus that Saints game, Zach was just looking for anyone to make a play. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. When he finally would get the ball to the right spot, you have to catch it. You have to do something with it for the poor kid. Even this most recent game, if you look, I read on PFF, um, I mean, almost 80% of the yards Zach's has were run after the catch. So that's where he's at right now. We're operating around the line of scrimmage. We're not asking this kid to put the ball down the field. We're asking people to make a play for him, and we need you to do it. Ty Johnson, you didn't do it, and you got yourself benched. Sorry about that. Yeah, before we stop talking about Zach, uh, Mike, one last thing that I mentioned earlier was some writers, Bart Scott, a lot of people didn't really like, and I don't know how you're okay with this or it doesn't bother you because he, if you, I don't know if you saw it or just read it. Sometimes things can be taken out of context, and I get that. If you watch the video, this was a simple question. This was a layup. I don't care if it's in Miami. I don't care if he's over in a different continent. I don't care if he's in New York. This was a question. Basically, what do you think about the offense struggling since you came back? And Zach Wilson's response was, I don't think about things like that. And he seemed like, I understand why he'd be put off by the comment. He just lost the football game, guys. But Rich Samini's criticism, many people's criticism, my criticism is in that situation when you play like garbage the entire season, okay? And you don't know this yet. This is one of his learning. This is a learning situation for me with Zach, his response to this. And this will, this will go away by next week. No one's going to give two shits about it. But when you're a quarterback of a team, for you to say, I don't think about those type of things, your job is to score points on offense. Your job is to produce offense. Literally, that's your job. That's it. I'm an audio engineer. If someone said, hey, does it bother you that every job you've sent out the past month has been wrong or in the wrong format? You sent it to the wrong client. And I said, no, nah, it doesn't really bother me. I would be fired. Okay. So I don't know how it is. That comment could come out of his mouth and everyone in the world not go, Zach, what the F bro? Like, I know you're from Podunkville, Utah. Get it together. Like I know on the field, you have no idea what's going on right now. Off the field. You can control that though. Off the field, you can control that to the best of your, your skills as a quarterback. You can be a leader off the field. Take a little accountability. Show that you're on this planet, right? And when they say, what do you think about the offense? Thinking, don't go, I don't think about those things. Are you kidding me? What are you thinking about all week? If you're a quarterback in the NFL, what are you thinking about besides scoring points all week? Tell me, Mike. What is it that this kid's thinking about all week? So... <clears throat> I'll explain why I thought uh, my feelings on this uh, this topic. So the question that was asked by beat writer DJ Bienemy, who, by the way, is a Miami Dolphin fan, but we'll get back there in a second. Um, the question was to him, Zach, since you've been back, you have not been able to uh, produce, the offense has not been able to produce 300 yards of offense since you have taken over um and and before the offense was able to produce 300 yards essentially saying you know why can these other quarterbacks do it and you can't a direct question to him about that now i'll now let me stop that's what i understood as the question and so in the locker room you know it's important that everyone in that locker room looks at you the quarterback as a leader and as and has the utmost confidence that you believe in yourself and you believe that you're the best option to to get that offense rolling. That's what the people in the locker room believe. At least that's that's how I take it. Right. And we know you, me, Sam, everybody here knows that Zach and so do the beat writers. We all know that Zach has been the worst quarterback of the four. He's been the worst. Right. But the coaching staff and the ownership have uh, put him as the starter despite him not being 
the best option, which is the political move, obviously because of the draft yeah, and yeah. all that, right? So, so, and I'm sure that the players in the locker room know that, but you as a beat writer and a Miami fucking Dolphin fan, excuse my language, you know what the deal is. And then you ask this kid that direct question, which has politics involved, right? Now, if you had asked Sala and said, coach, how come with Zach, um, the offense hasn't produced 300 yards, you know, why do you guys continue to put him out? What, 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 why do you put him out there? Or what, if that coach, that direction was to, to Sala, that would have been a different story. But to, to ask the kid that question and then his answer would have been like, well, yeah, I'm just not as good as those guys, or I gotta, you know, do whatever. You put him in a sticky political situation, and that was, and to me, he put him, that dude, DJ Bienemy, if you see, and I know you don't really follow Twitter and stuff, he is a closet tr professional troll, son. Everything he tweets, like you see like stats, he'll be like, you know how Dan on our chat in, in fantasy football, he'll put something out, but like uh, Derek Carr will be like second and he'll be like, oh, look at this. But really he wants you to look at his his guy. You know, that DJ Bienemy does that all the time with yeah. Tua and Dolphins and stuff. So I know this guy, at least I believe he has hate towards towards my team, That's which is why but... I don't really, which why I don't really appreciate him. Yeah. So for him to put that quarterback that well, I, young kid you on blast have, uh, like that, understanding the backdrop of the political situation, that was a my, bad question to me for him to do that. And yes, Zach could have answered that differently. I just did not like the question, and I did not like the situation that that because of all the rest that goes around it. That was my opinion on it. You may disagree. Yeah. And then, you know, Bart Scott and all them, you know, oh, go read a book. Hold on, hold Shut on, hold on a second, hold on. Man. Like, so I, I, you know, you guys when you're When you're a quarterback in the NFL, that question that he just got asked, that is as routine as it gets if you're not performing well. I'm sorry, we're going to just, I know you might not like the person who's, who gave the question, Mike. It doesn't get more routine in this league than, hey, you haven't been performing and these other guys did. That's, that's what reporters do. That's as easy as it gets. All he had to do was say, I need to be better. That's it. It's over with. Next question. Next question. It's simple. His answer was as bad an answer as you could possibly give. And I, I know think Mike's he did saying, it because of the politics. I think his answer was around the politics of it. I, I, I believe doubt, that. I think I that's why. Zach Wilson sat up there. And I also, I doubt also Zach Wilson doesn't care. That's not what I'm trying to put out into the universe. Right, I'm right, right. We know he cares. We I'm know. A, I know, we but know. Mike, the, this whole political <laughs> take on these things, I doubt Zach Wilson knows who that person is or gives a shit. If, if if he's so in the clouds that he's not even thinking about if the offense is good, who cares? He doesn't know who this reporter is. He's not he's not filtering this through some political. He's 22 years old. He looks like every moment of his life, he's somebody from Podunkville who got dropped in the middle of Times Square and has no idea what's going on. He looks like that at press conferences. He looks like that on the field. I doubt he's savvy enough to have thought, you know what? This is a political slant on this question. I'm going to look bad if I answer this a certain way. I'm not giving him that credit. I'm sorry. Like, he just answered it because he didn't. It's not an easy question to answer. I really didn't like the question. That Really what my yeah. point is, I know what he did, TJ. I know what he did. And, I, and I, yeah. I'm and i like, you know what? All right, fine. You want to throw rocks? And it's the type of thing so that. Do what you got to do. That's the type of thing that, like, to me, since it's such an easy question to answer. Yeah, he stunk. He stunk all year. And the offense is way better without Zach. He it's just, the elephant he, in the room. It's I know, the elephant but, in the and room, also, And also, nobody, though, I haven't seen a moment yet where a reporter has challenged him. I mean, we've been we've watched them stink That's the whole year. Point. So That's we've watched point. them stink the whole year. Everyone's been pretty nice to this kid. Yeah, you're right. right? Like, That's for the most point. part, um, besides Jet Podcast and all of us, reporters, national people, they'll criticize him and then do it with a grain of salt. He's a rookie. I haven't seen anyone really get on the kid's, case, the kid's case yet, and I didn't view this as that either. Why I guess it maybe stood out to me, Mike, is this is the low, that's the lowest level, easiest level question, softball he's going to get. Things in the future could be 10 times worse than this. True. If he's, if he's in his second year playing this bad, imagine, oh, the, forget, imagine, forget. The, imagine the questions he gets then. I mean, he's been getting softballs. We're handling this kid with kid gloves all season long. Keith, Keith the, the, the fact is, this is the fact, whether you and I believe in this kid, whatever, he's going to be the quarterback next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. If he, if he, and I'm going to tell you right now, again, like I'm, this first year, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm trying to, trying to stay logical with the whole thing. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, and you, and you know this from me, from Sam in year three. 
do not come out next year even remotely looking like this. No. Don't don't do it. No, I know. Because we will call you in two seconds and be done. Don't he's gonna have I mean the improvement is gonna need to be significant. And hopefully his first step starts this weekend with the Jacksonville Jaguars coming into MetLife Stadium the day after Christmas. Let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. Jacksonville Jaguars coming into town. Me and Mike have not even spoke about. Me, Mike, and Sammy have not even spoke about Urban Meyer getting his ass fired yet. Have we, Mike? Now, we won't go too deep into it, but why it's gratifying for us on AABG, a few reasons. One, Urban Meyer was the jabroni of the week. Now you're fired. Jamal Adams was the jabroni of the week. Your career is over. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But you are half a scrub now. Okay? So I wanted people to know that when we put jabronis of the week out into the universe, okay? You got something coming when we do it. Don't you cross, do. Don't cross ABG. <laughs> and uh, Urban Meyer got his ass fired this week. Guys, what a just laundry list of mistakes he made. We went all over all of them. Back when he had the girl grinding on his pelvis in the bar, there's a whole bunch, whole bunch after that. Since that moment, me and Mike haven't had a chance to get to. I know all listeners already know the story with Urban Meyer, but the team comes in here with a brand new coach, interim coach for the rest of the year here. Another, they have a rookie quarterback also, Trevor Lawrence, drafted one spot ahead of our boy Zach Wilson, also struggling. Nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions for him on the year. Throwing for about 225 yards a game, but not being very effective. They have one of the worst offenses in the NFL. What's so crazy, Key, what you just said, Fields and him, they get passes. You haven't heard anything about Trevor Lawrence being a bust. You haven't heard anything about Justin Fields being a bust. You haven't heard one thing. Actually, in in the conscious respect, Field, I mean Fields on ESPN and Fantasy Football Now, actually, they're like, he's becoming a number one franchise quarterback. You could see the growth. Yo, can I can I share something with you real quick? Can I can I let me let me share every, uh, AEGB uh, listeners real quick about uh, Justin Fields uh, and and Zach Wilson. Um, Justin Fields, okay, has eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and 10 fumbles, okay? Wilson has nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and four fumbles. Zach Wilson is getting told to read books and thrown under the bus like he's the biggest bust in, the, in, in all time, and Fields is praised as uh, the next super franchise quarterback. Zach, Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown a touchdown since Halloween. You guys want to hear an interesting stat? Where is the narrative there? Okay. Where is that? Oh, because of Urban Meyer? Oh, because of Matt Nagy? Oh, oh, why? See, and this is, and whatever, you know, like Keith said, I don't care about these cats. I want my, I care about my quarterback. I feel the same. I get it. But let's absolutely not disregard the negative narratives around this team and how they're so easily targeted when it comes to players and it just becomes to their brand because this is bullshit wilson and trevor and fields are all in the same place right now yeah and you know what it comes with the territory for the Jets until they do something to change that image. That's just the way that it is. I mean, we know that. You're right. They're gonna have, You're we're right. gonna have to change this image first before people don't look at us that way. The Bears are the Bears, but they have a decent lineage. The Jacksonville Jaguars have no history, so yeah, people none. just look at them as a doormat no matter what. Um, and then you, I was looking, and you know, Sam has the worst QB rating and the worst QBR, but right above him is Justin Fields. Right above him is Davis Mills, and then right above him is Trevor Lawrence. Actually, and then above those guys is Sam Darnold, Jet fans. All you guys that wanted him as our quarterback still just file that one away in your mind. It's four scrub rookies and Sam Darnold at the bottom of the league. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know what you're saying, Mike. When it comes to Trevor Lawrence, it seems like he might have gotten a pass because of all of the garbage around him with Urban Meyer. I think that has been his camouflage. That has been almost helpful to him. And I'm not saying it hasn't been helpful to him with his play on the field. That's not what I mean. I think it's been helpful to him insofar as the criticism around him has maybe not been as heavy as a normal number one pick. Who would be playing this bad? Because your coach is a joke. Had no idea what he's doing. You know, he they labeled fire. him a generational quarterback, guys. Yeah. John Elway, Andrew Luck. That's what they said he is. Even better. This is, to me, he is abs Lawrence without question. Without, this is not even debatable. He's been the biggest disappointment of any of those rookie quarterbacks. And it's not even close because of 
where he was. And that's why this game on Sunday, for me personally, is really important. Uh, um, I'm going to tell you both, guys, that I believe this is going to be Zach Wilson's best game because he needs it to be his best game. He needs to show everyone that he actually was the best quarterback in this draft. He's going to go toe-to-toe with Trevor Lawrence, right? On, on, uh, you know, both teams have been struggling, right? Now you get to show what you got because this is an even level playing field. Jacksonville is worse than the Jets. Yeah, they're coached worse than the Jets. I don't. They think don't people have realize anything. That. So you, you and Trevor are even. Go out there and show us what the deal is because I'm gonna tell you right now. Zach goes out on Sunday, wins. And plays a full game and outplays Trevor Lawrence. I'm gonna come up on the show happy, and I'm gonna tell you I'm, I'm I'm in a good place, and I'm expecting it, Keith. I'm expecting our quarterback to show what the deal is because he knows how big this game. It's big. Yeah, it's a big game. Yeah, and this whole team's basically kind of runs through James Robinson. There, um, their offense is ranked 31st in the NFL, guys. I mean, they're as bad as it gets. Passing there at 27th, rushing the ball, they're a little bit better. Their defense isn't that bad. Their defense is right around 20th in the league, Mike, so they're pretty decent on defense. Not great, just a little bit above, uh, a little below average on defense. Their offense is putrid. Marvin Jones Jr. is probably their best receiver. They don't have a lot of weapons on offense. This could be a low-scoring, ugly game considering the two quarterbacks that are out there, these two rookies. The difference is their defense this year has been decent, right? Our defense this year has been pathetic. That's what frightens me. You look at their defense, they're 20th. We're last. Oh, excuse me. I shouldn't say we're last. Seahawks are last. Thank you. Thank you, Seattle Seahawks, for existing and being as bad as you've been. Because you save us from being last in the league. Um, against the rush, we're against the rush, we're number 30. Against the pass, we're number 26. So I mean, we stink when it comes to that. So that's what I'm that's how I'm Don't, looking at it. Wait a minute. Don't the Seahawks have the best safety in the nation? <laughs> right? Best in the nation right now is on the IR, hanging out at home. I mean, I don't even know how many games he's played for the Seahawks. He missed four games last year. He missed maybe the last six or seven games this year. I don't know of a trade that's gone better for the Jets ever in my entire <laughs> life than that trade. Got ABT. <laughs> we'll be drafted high again next year. They just keep losing games. They keep losing games, guys. Some positives into this podcast at the end. Jacksonville's lost six games in a row. If there's a game, like Mike said, that Zach on the rest of the schedule is going to ball out, it might be this one. Okay, and he needs to show up. It's going to be the day after Christmas. We'll see what he's happens. Got in the stadium. To. Yeah, it's, he's, he's got, got no choice. Right. I mean, the defensive line's got to reset the line of scrimmage, or James Robinson's going to blow us up next week. Don't you, Mike, no. Sammy? If you're coming in against the Jets right now, right? You're making a game plan versus the Jets. You have Trevor Lawrence. He's not playing that well. You have a weapon like Robinson. You have an okay offensive line with Jacksonville. Not really that great. Is that just game plan? You're just like, I'm just going to run the ball on the Jets. Make oh, them oh, yeah. prove make them prove they can stop the run before you do anything else, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, perfect example is two is only good at legitimately one thing, which is a zone read, right? Where he like he's reading one guy and he's like, I'm either throwing it here or I'm handing this ball up. So if Trevor Lawrence is struggling, I would do the same thing Miami did. You have a good running back. You know Trevor has ran the zone read. He ran into Clemson. You have him practice his own read against the Jets, and you let him do what he's good at. Also, side note, I heard that uh, Urban Meyer also has been exiled permanently from Los Huevos, too. Oh! Um, so can't uh, even go there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, he sent me a text. Let me know. Uh, well, I will say, oh, boy. Senor doesn't play when it comes to people's moral compass. I mean, Senor's been married to his wife. I think it's 45 years now. So I know when he saw Urban Meyer getting grinded on by that woman, he was not happy about that at all. Uh, he was not happy at all. And this game, this weekend, guys, I mean, God, Jaguars stink. We stink. Uh, we give up the most points in the whole NFL. They're right near us. So I'm on the point. I'm my, my mind is telling my telling me, man, both quarterbacks kind of stink. This could be a low-scoring game. It could also be the complete opposite. Who the hell knows? Maybe it'll be a garbage shootout between two garbage teams. Uh, that, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Me and Mike, back and forth here on Zach Wilson. Mike, a lot of good information. Nice to go back and forth with you on that. We'll see how this works out. We know he's the quarterback next year, no matter what we think right now. We know who our quarterback's going to be next year. We're just looking for but, any. But but the case is, but the case is though, because we know the Raiders are getting blown up. You know, we know about Mariota. We know about Trubisky. You know, like I said, we need to bring in another quarterback to to uh, war with him in 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 preseason. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then he starts slipping up. You just pivot to the next guy. That is right. that is absolutely where my head is. I'm not talking about bringing in Seahawk uh, Russell Wilson or. Rodgers, where we have to pay a billion dollars to some old-ass quarterback. No, that's not the way. Right now, with this young kid, 
you bring in another potential young, nice, you know, quarterback that potentially has a second chance and do it like that. That would be my opinion, you, you know. And then if, if Zach definitely doesn't work, if you want to go pay for an older, good quarterback, go go knock yourself out. Heard him. He's hyped. He's ready. You know, he's saying, look, have a plan B in place. Don't just put all your eggs in one basket with Zach because he's done nothing so far to make you think that should be the course of action. That's all Mike's saying, guys. All right? File that one away in your minds. And I will say one more thing. After this game, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against Tom Brady. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be one of oh boy. fantasy football reasons. Hopefully, I'm tuned into that one because <laughs> I would be in the Super Bowl then. That's about it. That's all I got. The only juice I got going for that game, that's going to be a tough one. Um, yeah, and Sammy, And Sammy, do you agree? With, I was talking to Keith about um, uh, Chris Godwin, and I asked him, you know, because Godwin went down with the ACL, you know, um, potentially the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers may not sign him. Uh, because of the injury and I said yo we should maybe go in there and scoop him pay him a whole lot of money and Keith said I'm actually worried about that because of the, the type of routes he runs uh, and the type of receiver he is do you think he may be damaged goods going for Godwin uh, should we maybe target him in free agency I, I think if you can get him for a reasonable amount I don't I see I don't see any reason you don't you know I you're not really loaded with talent at that position anyway um, you've got Davis and you got more, but after those two guys, like Crowder's on a short-lived contract, he's getting older. You know Denzel Mims isn't the answer. You know Keelan Cole isn't the answer. So you take a risk on a guy who's proven that he can be a number one receiver. Um, and he's young enough that he's got enough time in his career left as well with those legs um, to potentially bounce back pretty well. So I think if you get him for the right price, I don't see why not. Yeah, price okay. would beat everything. Like my... Uh, he's not someone I'd pay a big time contract to because if you're six one and you're two ten and you're in a four four two, you're not like that's not blowing you out of the water type size or speed. He's really good because his routes are on point, like a Keenan Allen type guy, right? He his hands are ridiculous. He's very precise. And when you tear your ACL, that's what that affects. So he's somebody that if he's already running a four two four four two when he was at his fastest at twenty two years old. What's his 40 time when he comes back from an ACL? It's not going to be faster than that. So that's the only that concerns yeah. with him. But like you said, if you get him at the right price, you get him at the right price. Then it is what it is. Michael, that's all we got. And Sammy, that's all we got for this week. If anyone wants to get at us, support us, and be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form, Mike, how could they do that? On Facebook, you can reach us at, Jet, at uh, AEB at Jets Radio. On Twitter, at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, at Jet. AEBG. Half of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, and the number one high school football coach in the planet today, Sammy O'Hare. My name is Keith Fowl. Catch you next week, everybody. Peace out.